hello and welcome to Stream Theory. I am Jackson from the YouTube channel Skip Intro and the Skip Intro Extended Media Universe that I just, uh, it's just the YouTube channel, but I thought I'd just say that anyways because it sounds more official. And on the line we have Thomas Flight of the Thomas Flight Extended Universe. Um, cinematic universe the cinematic universe yeah. um and uh how is your how is your innie today uh thomas flight uh i don't know about my innie but my audi uh my audi watches many wonderful television shows uh and okay cool my, my audi- innie is the one who's watching all the tv shows oh so. right, right yeah <laughs> my my yeah my innie i guess my innie has many meaningful discussions about television shows with his peers uh, I don't know what it, I don't think I have an Audi. I think yeah. <laughs> you're in line. Yeah, maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's lies the problem. Uh, for those of you who who don't have any idea what we're talking about, we're talking about Apple TV Plus's uh, original series Severance, which is uh, very good. I think we I think we're in agreement about that. Yes. Um, yeah. It's one of the best new shows of the year. Uh, probably going to be in contention for one of the best shows of the year, in my opinion. Um, it is about a office where you can get a procedure done where your brain is split between your your innie and your Audi, um, so that when you go to work, you have no memory of the outside world, and when you leave work, you have no memory of the of the the work world. So you're you leave you leave. You step into your office, and your next memory is just you coming out of the office. Yeah. Or conversely, if you're if you're an innie, your first memory is walking in, and then your last memory is walking out, but you never leave. So you just keep yeah. you keep cycling in and out. Uh, the the characters literally like go on this elevator to leave work, and their their like consciousness blinks out basically for that version of themselves that is the at work version, and then their next memory is them on the elevator coming back down and going to work so they never even sleep they just experience life as this unbroken sequence of being in this windowless office uh with no knowledge of the outside world working uh until they die or retire or get fired or or something yeah not relatable at all for any of us i bet um Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a great show. We've been talking about how much we want to talk about it, but we yes. haven't actually really sat down and, and talked about it, uh, much at all. Uh, this first season just ended on April 8th, last Friday, I believe at the time of recording this and it's got renewed for a second season. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Where do you, where do you want to start talking about this? Cause there is a lot of stuff that we can talk about. Yeah. There's a lot um, to cover here. I think. I mean, we want. We're. We, I think we're probably just going to do this scatterbrained survey of like the entire first season. But maybe before we get into like the nitty gritties, if 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 people are watching this who haven't seen the show or don't want spoilers, maybe we can talk for a little while about sure. like why we think it's great, or maybe pitch why people should watch it without spoiling it, and then we can move into like spoiler territory. Yeah, um, I think that. The thing that really stands out when you first watch the show is it looks great. Um, it's like yeah. really well the, the art design and, and the way that the entire world is is laid out is really interesting, and I feel like it grabs you pretty immediately. They work in this office that's like simultaneously obviously pretty futuristic uh, because we're talking about brain chip implants, but also all of the computers are like super old 
and uh, the cars it, are even old. It's kind of like it's almost like a '90s futurism kind of weird. Yeah, it is. Aesthetic. It is very. That's yeah. That's a good point. And um, the way everyone is dressed is very. I would say very similarly. Yeah. Like it almost feels like a '70s. Yeah, 70s maybe or more '80s than '90s. It reminded um, me of um, what was that Netflix uh, original. Also, kind of about weird surrealist. Work. Oh, with uh, directed by Kerry Fukunaga. Yes. Um, um, what was that called? Uh, and Jonah Hill. Yeah. Uh, you you look that up. Um, and yeah, so the the I think that for me, you know, I like all of that stuff too. But the thing that really stood out to me, the thing that if you're familiar with my YouTube channel, the thing I really liked was all of its uh, all the show's commentary on capitalism. And uh, the way that it kind of just like lays out how uh, I don't know, like the actual like theories when when you first saw you saw the first episode before I did and you messaged me and you're like, Severance might be a, a wild Marxist show, <laughs> a show, a Marxist show in the wild. So I think that's pretty apt, to be honest. I feel like everything that they're touching on is all about like Marx's critiques of like alienation, people being alienated from their work, the way that you are exploiting someone uh, and you just put them out of sight, out of mind. And you're just like, you literally are just, your entire life is these Audis, their entire lives are subsidized by the innies work and they don't have to think about them. They don't even consider them like full people. They don't uh, think about them at all. They don't know anything about them. So I'm sure they're fine. I'm sure they're doing great down there. Yeah. I'm sure everything's awesome. I keep coming home with these random injuries, but right, right. they told me that I just uh, I just dropped a box on my head. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, it explores all of that, and and it does so in a way that's very like um, it it does so in a way that's very immediate and visceral, and like really taps into the feelings of like that disconnection and alienation, like. There, there's some of the sim that symbolism and like exploration of that like metaphorical territory is like enough on the nose that I think it's it's very clear. But it's not like it's not. Um, it doesn't. It's a good show even beyond that. I would say like it's not just yeah. good in its exploration of you know theory. Uh, it's it's also just like an engaging story. Um, there's people I talked to about it uh after a couple episodes um I was like I was like you know I, I I'm fascinated by this the the metaphor here of blah 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 and and they were like, like oh, oh yeah I didn't even oh, think of yeah. that I was just like watching this as a thriller uh kind of like weird sci-fi type thing and I think you know it it functions at both levels it, it kind of like Westworld in that way where it's like yeah Westworld is this exploration of like consciousness and what it means to be a person and alive and all these things. But it's also like, at least the first season is like a good show. That's exciting. And you know, sci-fi and that's, you know, debatable right. that first season, but, um, uh, I mean, I've heard people is, describe it. Maniac. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I knew it started show, with an M. Yeah. I wanted to say, I wanted to say mind fuck, but I knew that's not what it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've heard people describe severance as the office meets lost. Um, I've also heard it probably more accurately described as anti-work meets lost, um, <laughs> which I feel like is definitely accurate. There's a lot of lost vibes. I feel like a lot of people are talking about that. I think that's what you're touching on with the Westworld's comparison, where it's like, 
what's going on. What is this company even doing? That's something that these characters can't ever seem to figure out. We're yeah. never we're never told what it is. They start sorting. So the, our main characters are uh, data refiners, and they take a bunch of numbers on a screen and they sort them into bins based on how they make them feel. Yeah. Um, Some of which, the numbers are scary. You know, and, and which sounds like, ridiculous, right. but they do a good job of like making you making you feel like they feel it. Right. So like, yeah. it seems like it's a real thing. I don't know what that means, how that works. Um, that's interesting. What does the company do? I don't know. There's some crazy like cult of personality stuff going on uh, with with the the leader. There's the people who aren't severed who are managing them, and what are they up to? What's their whole What's their whole game plan in this whole thing? Um, you know, what's going on with, with these characters? Like, when we get, like, peaks of their outside lives, the only character that we really see fully inside and outside is Adam Scott's character, Mark. Yeah. Um, so everyone outside of him, we're kind of like, wait, what's their life really like on the outside? What's their what's their deal? Who are they? Um, we're kind so of, there's a lot of mystery stuff going on. It does a good job of kind of, like, besides adam scott's character as you mentioned you're kind of mostly trapped within the experience of the innies the people who are at work and so as they're trying to kind of like figure out you know what the situation is you're you're going through that process with them um which is which i think makes it very fun and uh and compelling um but yeah the the <laughs> the numbers thing uh like so many things in this show ends up being like, I don't know. It's kind of ridiculous on the face, but like at the same time, it's also just a beautiful analogy for sort of like what a lot of work is, which is like, I look at numbers. Some of them are good numbers. Some of them are bad numbers and you do things with the numbers. It's like, that's, that's work for for some people. Like yeah. in a very, like in a very literal sense, if you strip away the meaning you know, behind those things, it's like I'm moving around numbers on a computer and that's what I do all day. Like, I feel like the whole show is kind of that kind of a metaphor for people yes. who haven't seen it. Like it, like it is that it's also like very much like these characters are working for very small, like weird perks that they can get. If they're yeah. like refiner of the quarter, one of the characters has like a bunch of finger traps and sometimes they get like the the pancake is the pancake party or waffle party waffle party yeah waffle party how could i they throw forget? these bizarre awkward parties and it's very like it's just the four of them plus one other guy yeah and it, <laughs> but it's it's just very evocative of like the bizarre strange ways in which like corporate culture tries to incentivize this like you know uh loyalty or enjoyment or all all these things it's it's a really thorough examination of just the bizarre reality that is corporate culture. Uh, I also love how even the people who aren't severed, like Patricia Arquette's character is the, is the boss. Um, she's also still like totally in the dark about people who are above her. Yeah. Like the board will sometimes talk to her through a proxy and she can't even tell if they're listening or not. Yeah. And then it's like unclear if the person she's talking to is the person who's in charge or if there's someone above her. And, uh, yeah, so I, I really like how everyone is kind of uh, – it, it exists on, like, multiple levels. It's yeah. not just, like, 
this one person is the is the evil person who's I mean she's she's not a great person yeah. but uh, <laughs> I don't think and I'm going to already line saying that you already alluded uh, to this at the beginning but like the way it's shot and the way the set is designed is really compelling um, like they're in this office and it's this the hallways are this like maze that they don't they have some they know how to get to some locations and they kind of have you know an understanding of like oh you walk down this like shapeless formless white hallway and turn left and then right and that have these like little nooks and crannies like they're not they're not just like straight uh like a grid system like it'll just like randomly just like over three feet and then keep going yeah um and the show does a great job of like creating that disorienting feeling like you when they're walking through the hallways you never have a sense of like oh yeah this is where everything is it's just like uh completely it's i would say i would go so far as to say i think it's some of my favorite like use of set design uh in any probably any show that i've watched like just in terms of how how big a role like the this the environment they're in plays in like uh, being a part of the show and the metaphor and like all of all of these things yeah it's um, like very integral to everything they're trying to do and yeah. I feel like it doesn't feel overused or anything it's just like yeah I I totally agree the only other one I would say is like Atlanta or something because right. Atlanta is yeah. very much about yeah place um I was gonna say uh one of the scenes that really stands out to me in terms of like filmmaking is it's like the second episode, maybe the first episode, where a new character joins the office, Helly R, and uh, she does not want to be there. And they're like, oh, you can leave. And she tries to go out the, uh, there's like a, a place where they let them go, where they're like, you can just walk out and you'll like be, you'll become unsevered. And every time she goes out, her Audi brings her back in. But the yeah. it's shot from her perspective, so it's just every time she pushes open the door, it's also being pushed open to have her come back in. And it's like a really cool effect that they're doing. Um, I think Ben Stiller directed most of the episodes, um, and I didn't I didn't know he could do this to be honest. They so. they also use um, the cool. They also employ the coolest use of like a vertigo zoom that I've seen in a long time. Uh, to, oh yeah, and, and every time they 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 sever yeah. or unsever, when they transition between the 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 two, the innie and the Audi, it like they use a vertigo zoom to kind of morph their face in a way that uh, signals what's happening very clearly. It's 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 it really just a very solidly put together show. Uh, I wonder um, what the direction for the actors in those scenes is. It's like shake your face and yeah, open yeah, your eyes again, kind of like. <laughs> imagine you've just woken up uh like i wonder yeah. what it looks like when it's not when we don't have the vertigo zoom because it's always like there. very precise the way that they do it yeah it's just if it looks even remotely like you can tell what's going on or not <laughs> um do you want to talk a little bit spoilery yeah Spo- spoiler spoiler territory yeah let's i guess let's transition into so if you haven't seen the show we'll get we're going to start diving into spoiler territory uh, i recommend you watch severance go watch all what are there 10 8 10 episodes nine nine and then come back uh and watch the rest of this afterwards. yeah definitely <laughs> definitely bookmark this page yeah yeah um, or if you're listening on a podcast i don't know i don't know uh, how you're listening to this who knows 
who knows how people watch things or listen to them. Uh, it's definitely not our job to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one of the things that I found so also found so impressive about this is like the um, the premise is really good, the setup is really good, and then like in episode one and two, I had this feeling of like, okay, this is really cool, but how quickly is this going to run out of steam? Right. Um, and then it never did. They just kept like peeling back these layers and adding these beautiful little like things to this whole world and this, this, you know, yeah. surrealistic metaphor. Um, about I was having work. like, I was having like devs PTSD watching this. Cause I was like, <laughs> I love the pilot. I love right. the concept, but shows like this, it's just hard to make shows like with a high concept like this and, and not like lose steam because you just like the, so much of the pull is okay. This is a really cool concept. I'm really into it. And then when you have to start doing like the hard TV work of like fleshing out characters and stuff, some shows just cannot do both. And um, I think that this show does a great job. Like I want to learn, I want to know all of these characters, what their lives are outside of this world like they're interesting as innies but i also want to know like they do such a good job of making the characters feel true to themselves both like for mark uh both in and out he feels like the same character just in different circumstances yeah and the same with um uh heli are by the like i feel like i understand at the end we you know spoilers we learned who Heli really is, and she is a a uh, one of the Lumen family. Egan's, yeah. yes, thank you. Uh, she's one of the the founding family members that has created this company, and she like it starts to make sense, like why her her Audi wouldn't let her leave, and yeah. also why she was so like stubbornly like I will not be controlled. Um, so like that felt perfect like that felt like a perfect twist to to yeah. some degree like um i guess it wasn't really a twist but I mean, well it was it was a yeah. twist it was one of those it was a reveal and it was definitely one of those those well done reveals where like i didn't see it coming at all but as soon as it happens you're like oh yeah that it all just clicks into place yeah sense. exactly that makes so much sense um those are beautiful i love i i love when a show can do that um the other one, the other, the other big reveal that we got was that the the therapist in the in in Lumen that talks to the Innies is Mark's uh, wife, wife, who yeah. he thinks is dead, yeah. uh, but is clearly not dead, and we're not really sure what's going on with her. Um, that that reveal didn't work quite as well as the Heli one did for me, but it was still it was still I didn't see it yeah. coming. I didn't see the oh who's mark's wife i thought they did a great job of like not really showing us who she was in a way that didn't make didn't draw attention to itself i wasn't like oh obviously this is going to be a reveal at some point um until like the scene where they revealed it and i was like oh oh they're oh okay this is what and i thought it was going to be heli but it wasn't so yeah that was cool um i think i think the significance of that reveal i also felt kind of the same way i was like when that happened i was like oh that's interesting it had that vibe of like almost being too convenient, but then they develop it in a way they don't quite go the full extent, but they kind of do this reveal where she gets that character who is an any 
who we see as an innie, but on the outside Mark thinks is dead, gets kind of put away back into storage, which is only yeah. mentioned once, like this lower level. Um, and I, my, my theory is that she died, did not, she died on the outside because as part of some experiment where they have people who are permanent innies or only. Yeah, um, maybe. And so I think that'll be developed further. I don't know if, uh, if, if they like just are always innies or if they switch on and off or between, I think my, my theory is that Lumen's brilliant plan was if you can have all the time innies who just switch between like two jobs, then you're golden. You don't need. Oh access. yeah. So she's, so she's just switching between being a therapist and like actually being a worker bee. Right. She's, she's essentially just a Lumen slave at that point. That's stays in the lower area and okay like, okay uh, and never leaves she just has she's still severed but instead of being an innie and an Audi, it's just flip-flopping between two innies um i, I yeah know. i have no idea what they're doing with her i don't uh, know if I'm, that's how it works but but there's something weird going on there i feel like i feel like you would just burn out at some point like they definitely show right. you show us um uh john Taturo's character whose name escapes me at the moment, but he, uh, he, he's having dreams. Yeah. He's having dreams. He's, he's falling asleep, which you're not supposed to do. Irving. Um, yeah. Is Irving. Yeah. So he's definitely like tired on the outside. So I feel like you can, I don't know. It feels like you must be able to run into some issues in terms of human physical, like just right, right, right. Physical limitations, but yeah, I you, don't know, maybe they'd have to find a way to deal with sleep or something. I don't know. It's, I mean, I just think there's like, there's a broader reveal to her character beyond just like, she's not actually dead or like, I think. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like there's something more going on there that we've, we've yet to, we have like, to understand. We still have to learn like why her death was, faked right uh it must have been faked at some point uh we have to understand like what's going on with her we also have to understand like what that storage like creepy place is because irving has been drawing it uh obsessively i would say which Uh, i i think he's having leakage because um are you having leakage right there i think i must be uh my 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 audi hasn't been sleeping enough um (laughs) I think he's having leakage because he's falling asleep. Because he's falling asleep. Uh, um, oh, like so he's like dreaming, and that's why they don't. That's why they really don't want them to to sleep at work. Um, okay, I love that idea because the dreams he was having too was like black ooze, like kind of coming through everything, which like kind of. Uh, that's kind all of over the title sequence too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So never mind. That doesn't make sense. I was gonna say it has no, to do no. With that totally paint, makes sense. His painting. Um, oh no, but I think that it totally to makes that. sense what you're talking about because like the black ooze is uh, is in that um, that opening title sequence, and it's that whole opening title sequence also ends with Mark in bed next to his his, his innie and his Audi next to right. each other. So I think that there is definitely some element of sleep uh, being the the. I think you're onto something there. Um, I I wanted to ask you about how you felt about the the because to me one of the best scenes, the most interesting, uh, most like intense scenes of the season was Helly are trying to uh, uh, attempt 
or suicide and uh just as like a fuck you to her audi and the way that that whole thing was shot and uh how it was it was also uh broken up by episodes which i thought was kind of interesting because also that scene is being broken up by her transitioning into being a, a regular person and then transitioning like back um yeah, I don't know. What it, you can probably speak better to like the filmmaking aspect of it, but it felt very. I don't know. I haven't felt like that intense about a, a scene on TV yeah. in a in a minute. Um, uh, I mean, overall, just the I think the show does a great job of delivering those moments that I ha- I agree I haven't felt from TV in a while, where it's like it's like ah, uh, when's you know it ends and you're like immediately you're like I need to see next week's episode. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have any specific thoughts about the, the filmmaking in that. Yeah. I kind of just, I kind of just, it's all, it's all like, it's, it's so well done and shot. Um, and is, I, I, I find, found the way all of that was done, uh, compelling. I think the, the, the most interesting thing to me about that stuff and a lot of what the show explores is that like, we already touched on the fact that you know it's kind of using this metaphor to like explore capitalism and work and alienation and all these all these things but i think it's also it like goes a little bit beyond that and it's kind of just using the idea of like a separation in your mind to explore the kinds of things that we repress uh yeah you know thing the the subcon the subconscious mind and the conscious mind and like the relationship between that some of the some of the stuff like it feels as much a commentary on religion as it is uh I, yeah, I was capitalism. Talk about that. yeah um and so i don't know if that's something you'll develop further in um i think that that is the central metaphor of the show more than right. just like i don't like me no like capitalism right. i think it's yes. more that capitalism is the and people have written about this, but how capitalism is the de facto religion of the United States at this point. Right. Like, I think that they're talking about it in terms of, uh, you know, the way in which it's being like, uh, held up outside in the outside world. But certainly like Irving is talking about like the words of care all the time. And like, he's got like essentially a Bible. Um, they've, they have that like crazy, um, museum <laughs> museum thing but also the uh that's where uh he goes at the end of neil neil right uh mm-hmm. he goes at the or dylan sorry dylan goes at the end of the the season when he gets his uh waffle his party. his waffle party and he is trying to break out and they have some like crazy eyes wide shut yeah sex dance thing going on i don't know what that was um they seem to be like that's a thing that you can ask for. Right, right. I, I don't know. I don't they, know where that was on the menu, but it's like waffle party finger traps <laughs> or masked orgy. They 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 do such a good job of like developing the the weird like because like it's not necessarily the central premise that all these people are living in this office and they their only knowledge of the the innies only knowledge of the world is the office because they don't have any memories of going outside 
like it's more about the relationship between the inside and outside but they also explore this whole idea of like well if you did only ever live in an office and had no knowledge of the outside world what would that be like and so like people still have like you know they have these theories about what goes on in the outside world they have this you know pseudo religion that they follow and there's 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 this kind of culture that exists within that world as a result of like having no knowledge of the outside world and the way in which they they develop that i think is um is really well done so what i was going to say about that to the to the point about uh heli's suicide attempt is that like um i think they explore that idea in the sense of like um i'm not a therapist uh, or psychoanalyst this is all very theoretical but like i think there's a sense in which though like those kinds of things when they manifest in people a lot of times are like a, a an attempt on some level to like communicate some deep discomfort like to ourselves or to the outside world um and we we like you have no other option words have failed you can't you know you feel stuck and trapped in this place and then you resort to you know harming yourself or something as as a means of like trying to to break through some kind of barrier of communication that's not all it is that's a very reductive uh lens through which to view it but i think i think that's an idea that the show is kind of exploring is like all the different ways in which we like separate ourselves and say like i'm not going to think about that i'm going to divide myself into two people and like you know there might be pain in my life or things that i'm i'm unable to deal with and i'm going to try to separate myself but then eventually like that part of you is going to come out in some kind of way um I don't know, you know, I don't know if intentionally that's... that's. Oh, I think that's definitely what they're going for, because Mark is only in... He only joined Lumen in the first place and got severed because he was trying to repress or yeah. or uh, escape his his feelings of, of grief over his wife. Um, right. Which, side note, is not how I would go about doing that, because now <laughs> you've just gotten rid of a distraction, and now right, you're yeah. just literally grieving 100% of the time. Like, yeah, yeah. the second... You don't have any respite of work or anything you are sad about your wife then you go to work and then you immediately come out and are like man my wife's still dead yeah i don't know that sounds like not the solution i would go for personally i think it's i think it's pretty dark in the sense that like essentially what you're opting for is to be alive for a very short amount of time consciously because you're like you wake up you go you have maybe you know Think about how much of their lives are sleep at this point. Right. You go to work, you come home from work, you have a few hours and then you go to sleep. But like also that's part of the metaphor is like within a corporate capitalistic environment, like how much are we opting to just like not live to be like most of his life is sleep or commuting. Right. Yeah. And then you just have this you go to this weird space. Nothing that you do there matters to your outside life. You move numbers around on a computer and then you come back and you're like, you know, now I'm faced with my real life for like two hours or four hours or however long. And then I go go to sleep and wake up and do it again. Um, One thing I really like is that uh, I don't know where where Lumen is located, um, but it's clearly someplace with like snow. 
Yeah. I just love how every time they leave, it's dark. Like it's always dark outside of, of work because all of his waking, all of his daylight hours are spent at work. So his entire life becomes nocturnal. Um, and he's just, it's so depressing. (laughs) It's, I moved. I moved further north. Uh, I just. I just experienced the Seattle winter, and it's. It's dark it's, a lot of the yeah. time. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, I wanted to. I wanted to say this might be. Uh, I don't know. I might be. I might be. This might be one of those theories that's just. I've been smoking too much weed or something. This is but, a safe space. You can. Yeah. You can hit me with your theories here. But the thing about the one thing I was just thinking about when you were talking about um, Helly's uh, attempted suicide was. You know, a lot of a lot of Christianity and a lot of religions kind of see uh, suicide as like an affront to God, right? Um, and in many ways, she is like doing it as an affront to her, her workplace um, by doing it there, and she's also doing it while you know rising up out of the basement into right. the into the sky. So uh, I don't know, something there. I think. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, go ahead. <laughs> No, no. Did you have? Oh, I was just gonna pivot to one of my favorite things about the season, which was uh, Mark's brother-in-law becoming the oh, the yes. prophet of of the the innies. Yeah. Totally. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I feel like the only people who he's like portrayed as such like a weirdo, and like self-help, like dork, yeah, dork, and then they get their hands on it and they're like, this is the most profound thing I've ever read in yeah, my entire yeah. life. Cause I've never read anything else. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it is. It is. It's, it's definitely playing with that idea of like, if you're trapped within a certain system and you're just like starved for like a- anything, you know, even the most banal, like self-help stuff can just become this like profound, like, Oh wow. Like, you know, uh, yeah, it's kind of amazing, but they are definitely, they are definitely conflating like, the way in which they frame Egan and Kier and like the book, like the manuals and like all of this has have very religious tones. Like Irving essentially treats it as this religion. And um, so they're there's the myth making with the with the almost Renaissance like paintings, paintings. Yes. Yeah. There's like historical wars between departments that are maybe fabricated. Maybe they actually happened. I don't know. But it's. They're like, certainly being told multiple different yeah. versions of reality, um, at the very least. And so, yeah, they're definitely they're definitely like conflating uh, God and work. Uh, you know, perhaps again to illustrate what you talked about, which is like capitalism. Kind of for some people, some cultures, kind of becomes this religion, and to question it or to fight against it is like tantamount to. Uh, you know, like um, Mark, the classic Mark Fisher uh, capitalist realist line is like, it's it's easier to imagine, imagine the end of the world than it is to imagine the end of capitalism. Like in some ways with capitalism, we're in a position that maybe people would have been in like a thousand years ago with God of like, you just wouldn't even, you just wouldn't even like really think in, at least in certain Western societies or whatever, you wouldn't even think to like question the existence of God. It would be like, which God do you believe in? Okay. Yeah. You know, you, whatever. Right. Or like how, or you're really just debating what kinds of Christianity right. you yeah, want to like, be, you want to be into what, you know, we can talk, we can have a debate about like, what is God actually like? But like the question of does he exist or not is just not even on the table. 
and and we're probably going to go to war over it right yeah <laughs> and culturally that's kind of in a lot of ways the position we're in with capitalism it's like we can we like which flavor of capitalism do you prefer which is better like what all of these things but but questioning whether or not it's like a permanent part of our reality is like that's kind of not on the table in some ways i love that yeah i love that um in the outside world in that world where we're just kind of like capitalism is just the status quo we're not really thinking about it it's kind of just in the background um rickon's like self-help book is just like wow this is just so pie in the sky yeah, stupid. Yeah, yeah. but like once you get like once the innies are reading it and you like see their world and how tortured they are like all of a sudden it doesn't feel like a stupid thing anymore all of a yeah. sudden you're like yeah yeah <laughs> you, 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 yeah that's what i'm talking about yeah <laughs> seize yeah. the means of production i don't know like it almost is like depends on what your circumstances are like in a world where you're not experiencing any exploitation because you are exploiting your innie and you're not really having to deal with any of that stuff um it seems like I don't know, unnecessary or whatever. And like Mark even like tries to like tell those protesters that the, that who are protesting uh, Lumen and Severance that they're like, they don't know what they're talking about and whatever. But yeah, like yeah. once you actually are experiencing that, and I feel like the show puts us more in the mind of the innies than the, the outies. Yeah. Um, you're, you're just like, yeah, no, that sounds great. Let's let's get rid of it. Let's <laughs> right, let's yeah. do the thing. <laughs> so, um I I just love all of the different ways that it's it's uh exploring this stuff and not it never feels the the show that it really reminded me at first of was Black Mirror um because it is this high concept. It is um very dark, very uh futuristic sci-fi yeah. uh but also like very understandable for our own given world but it feels like way less preachy than that like we're, we mm -hmm. talked about like all of these metaphors that are there but like you said at the beginning you can totally watch this without having to think about any of those things yeah um and just let them kind of like subliminally hit you um and it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like they're saying uh technology is bad right yeah. or let's let's not do this thing because it's social media is destroying our world or whatever else they're just kind of like this is the world we live in um yeah. and well, it, these are these are the it, things that we all do to to yeah, feel normal to feel normal and uh yeah it, it it doesn't it doesn't at least to me i mean maybe to somebody who who is like you know uh, the only person they follow on Twitter is Elon Musk and they, they like all his <laughs> tweets. Maybe they would watch this and be like, so Elon horrible Musk. propaganda, you know. I, so maybe somebody who's less sympathetic to, I think, what the show is trying to do would feel like it's more propagandistic or something. But True. to me, watching it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like like propaganda. It doesn't it doesn't feel like, you know, it's just like trying to hit you over the head with an agenda. It's like it's a good show. It's exploring you know, psychology and uh, like, and our world in a surreal way. And it has these characters in this science fiction kind of situation. And they have a very real like conflict and dilemma of like, how am I going to get out of this? How, how do we deal with this situation? And, and they are, they are um, engaging with that circumstance in a way that feels very like true and realistic and, um, it doesn't feel like it's it's making this like crazy caricature 
um, out of things. I mean, it's 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 a caricature of like a corporate world in a lot of ways, but it's less of. But uh, I don't know. I guess that deserves. To be yeah, a no. I I think that I think that <laughs> I think you're right. Like the the characters are really the reason that it doesn't feel preachy or right. or um. I don't know, propagandistic, like you were saying. There's this uh, article that Emily Vanderwerf wrote a while back that was like, why do second seasons suck or something like that? Um, and they were talking, or she was talking about, I want to say Westworld, but maybe something else. And it was like, these shows that are super high concept are really hard, like we were talking about earlier, because they start to run out of gas really fast. And that's the thing with like Black Mirror is like, I can't really think when you think about like an episode of black mirror, you're not thinking about the characters. You're thinking about the premise. Yeah. And the reason that, um, this doesn't feel like it's got, I mean, it has, it clearly has an agenda. I think everything that we just talked about is very intentional. I think that it is not a, a very sympathetic to capitalism show, but I think that the reason it doesn't feel, uh, like it's getting on its soapbox is because we're just rooted in the experience of these characters and we relate to them more than we're like, like you wouldn't, when you explain the show, you're talking about, uh, you talk about the premise, but when you talk about like individual episodes, you're talking about characters. You're not talking about, Oh, this is the one where they did the defiant jazz sing along thing. You're talking about like the experience of the characters, the emotions that they're rooted in. And that's like, the hard stuff that you have to do in TV uh, to keep an audience engaged because the premise will wear thin if you just keep hammering it over and over again. Yeah, yeah. It feels it feels less like uh, premisey and agenda e than even uh, like Squid Game to me, which I think yeah, is even absolutely. more like like this. Ironically, I think is actually doing a lot better job of like communicating. Uh, the message is trying to get it across. Well, you know, you know that Squid Game was uh, just a, a commentary on how communism sucks, right? Because they all wore the same clothes, oh. and 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 I mean, let's be real, because they were Asian. Uh, that right. was definitely part of the reason why ever why it's about communism. Yeah, yeah, I missed I missed those details. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm kidding, of course, but is I, that, there, that, there's a large section a, of people who basically uh, think were like, yeah, yeah. Th- th- that's not that so. Wow. They can uh, they can keep thinking that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like, this one like, is a lot less subtle. Like it's not, yeah. or not even. I don't know. It's more subtle. It's more nuanced. Like I would have thought it's watching a, Squid Game, a it was hard. Show, I think in a, to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the I, I don't know. It's well, and that's part of the beauty. I think of like both are both are shows that are metaphorical, but like I think. Um, uh, like this metaphor is less muddled for this sure. one also has a sense of like surrealism slash expressionism like there's this idea of like the show itself is is engaging you more with like how it feels like the feeling like the feeling of like disconnecting yourself from your work or the feeling of alienation or the feeling of being like trapped in a work environment that you you don't enjoy that you want to get out of uh um though like i think it's it's and and it's doing that through like the way it's shot through the through these horribly like banal party scenes that just like i don't know they make my skin crawl in the exact same way that like those kinds of functions and events i don't know milchick's got some dance moves man that guy <laughs> that guy can 
<laughs> he can tear it up. You know what it reminded me of was um, the scene in Ex Machina, the dance scene. Yes, yeah. Where it's just like, we're just going to pretend that this horrific thing isn't happening. And he's like, yeah. I don't know about you. I'm about to tear it up. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. you're like, uh, okay, I guess, I guess dancing solves problems. I don't know. I've seen Footloose. It seems to solve a lot of problems. It's, it solves a lot of problems. The, I mean, that's why they were against it. You know, that's why the cops are against dancing. The show is kind of in that way, not with, maybe not with the dancing, but it's leveling like a critique against like the some of these ideas that i think are pervasive in our culture of like work-life balance uh um what's maybe some of the other ones like uh oh like we haven't talked yet about uh what do they call it um the sessions that they go to with the, yes the, the um therapist what do they call those sessions wellness sessions. well wellness. wellness sessions yes which like, i think is very an a very intentional title uh in right. the way that we talk about wellness and wellness mindfulness and, and mindfulness and and like i personally think all those things are great like uh, the actual idea of work-life balance it helps me like m mindfulness a lot of these things actually help me but there's also this sense of like are we corporatizing these techniques to like treat symptoms of a problematic yes work environment instead of dealing yes. with like root issues mm -hmm. and yeah the and the show is <laughs> and the show is engaging with that of like okay they the characters are feeling bad and so we're going to send them off to a wellness session where we say these you know meaningless uh platitudes and um, my audi affirmation drinks lots of water yeah <laughs> uh to make them feel better about themselves and then uh and then they go back to work and they feel refreshed and they feel great and they don't you know try to off themselves in the elevator or, you know, <laughs> rebel. Uh, I mean, it also is a, very much like a confession uh, where it's like, yeah, you go there and we tell you that God loves you and that there's someone, some imaginary person. Well, I mean, unseen person very far yeah. away uh, that you have no real concept of. But don't worry, they love you very much. And that is all you need yeah. to survive. Um which isn't bad. It's not bad that your your Audi loves you, but uh, it doesn't really doesn't really help you not get uh, tortured by Belchick. So, right. uh. <laughs> which the the way they do the the break room and the and the the tort the, my air quotes it is torture. It's 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 psychological torture, but the, the way they do the, the they present the torture that they experience when they've done something bad. They go to this break room, which is like down this really dank hallway that uh, that Irving furiously paints over and over again as an Audi. Um, uh, they And they go into this room and there's like this projector and they have to read these this text over and over again, which is like a, basically an apology. Um, it's a confession. It's a, Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, and I just thought that was like... And a, they have your, your hands on the on the, something that like reads, it's like a polygraph, I guess. And yeah, he's yeah. like, you didn't mean it yet. And you have to keep doing it until you are like brainwashed into into believing it. And even when the day is over, your day ends, or the your it doesn't really end because right. you don't get to experience that out, outside of life thing. Yeah. And you just return immediately. You're just, is there's no break. Something that I think is really interesting... Um, about the way that the show seems to be kind of opening up the world is this idea that 
there are other applications for severance, right? Um, and work-life balance, like yeah. how uh, there's a character that we meet who uh, was severed while she was pregnant, so she didn't have to like experience the unpleasantness of pregnancy. Yes. And uh, we, and, and she's obviously like part of like the upper class. Um, she's like the wife of a senator or something. And it reminds me of how like we kind of see these these technological like things that are going to allow us to have better work-life balance like or better better uh work culture like you can work from home now and that means that you can walk away from your computer whenever and like in theory it sounds great but in reality it just means that you're on call 24 7 and that you're getting slack notifications at at 11 p.m or whatever and you have to do this and you're never like fully off and i thought that that was like a really good metaphor for that without beating us over the head with it yeah i don't know great show great show i um i recently did a video about atlanta and uh this concept of afro surrealism which is uh a kind of type of surrealism uh it's an art movement that explores uh mar you know what i'm talking about but i'm saying for the people who haven't seen the video what Um, what Explore. is this? <laughs> who are these? Who are these people who are listening with us? It's not just you and me talking. Um, it like uses surrealism, surrealism to explore the experience of like marginalized people. Um, and I interviewed D. Scott Miller, the the author of the Afro Surrealist Manifesto. And one of the one of the things he uh, talked about in the interview, I don't think I included this in the video, but he talks about how for him writing the manifesto like afro surrealism was also explicitly like an anti-capitalist um like idea uh yeah and um and i don't i'm not saying that severance is afro afro surrealism uh but i think there's an interesting a similar interplay in which it's using a surreal world a surreal environment to kind of to investigate like what a lot of people feel is like probably experience as surreal in the real world of like, Oh, you know, like the alienation you experience in a corporate environment of doing all this work and feeling like it's meaningless and like feeling trapped there is a kind of surreal, absurd reality. And so to like accurately portray that you kind of need this like surrealist world to do that. Um, and I think we're seeing like more and more of that kind of, I love that we're kind of like seeing this resurgence of like expressionism or surrealism or like moving away from um, realism. Gritty realism. Gritty realism as a way to like examine our reality because uh, in a lot of ways, like just showing things like quote unquote, the way they are, doesn't really like tap into how things feel a lot of times in, in our lives, I think. so I, le- I I just say that that like I think this show is also part of a broader like movement in television and in movies and things like that of like going especially television though with things like Euphoria. Um, yep. I was gonna I was gonna bring up Euphoria. Like Atlanta, sure. um, and this show there aren't the only ones. There's others, but like shows that are def like specifically moving away from strict realism as the main mode they're operating in yeah and even going back as far as like mr robot or something like that which is also very much in the in that vein Uh, yeah i think you're onto something and i think that this is a really interesting show because it's also while it's on the 
the cutting edge of that movement. I think it's also probably the most explicit show in a movement that we've seen over the last like two years. You talked about Squid Game, uh, Succession, certainly not uh, super uh, sympathetic to Capital, I don't think. Um, and there are a number of other shows that yeah. are escaping my mind. But those are, um, I feel like we're seeing a lot more of that in in uh, pretty mainstream TV right now, yeah. which yeah. is uh, exciting. We haven't talked at all about the irony that this is a show from Apple, which is the largest, like the oh the, yeah, the aesthetic of uh, Lumen as a corporation like is very the, Apple. The outside, it's like so Apple, and I'm like, I'm like, it's this very is Macintosh like too. This is this is part of the um, this is part of the the wellness, like the, these corporations, um, these corporations create these pieces of entertainment for us to consume so that we feel like ah yes we're very i can sit on my couch and watch on my on my uh my corporate devices <laughs> my corporate produced anti-capitalist entertainment and i can feel very good about myself my very good about my audi because my audi is a revolutionary <laughs> my audi yeah yeah <laughs> well and also um uh you know the the deification of Steve Jobs is not right. Yeah, is yeah. not unsimilar at all. Yeah, no, I think now you're now you're sounding like Neil Postman, like <laughs> consuming any kind of anti-capitalist thing is. Makes I'm not you, saying uh, I'm not saying it's you Soma. Can't. It's just a. It's just a. <laughs> the revolution. You got a only revolution. Entertainment is is flawed as a medium. Period. <laughs> I'm I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that no no no. Escaping the matrix is not is not as easy as uh as maybe it. Maybe it seems. Look, dude, it wasn't easy in those movies either. No, uh, that's true. If you saw Matrix Resurrections, it was not. It did, that didn't seem to really happen. So, just, uh, just when you you think you're getting out, they they pull you back in. It's uh, <laughs> it's. I mean, this is why some philosophers have called uh, capitalism the most. Uh, I believe someone said it was like the most uh, authoritative form of government or form of society. Because there's no way to escape it. Like, it just eats everything. Um, I that's think, not that's not why people came here was to hear me talk about how <laughs> talk much about I don't it. like. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I mean, I that trend though that you're talking about is is very real, and I think like some of it's a a generational thing. Like, we're just to a certain degree, I think, opening back up to some of those ideas, and I think some of it is like in the last decade. I think it's it's become the downsides of certain aspects of capitalism at the very least have become a lot more visible to most people where it's like there's a there's right now for probably the first time in a long time a like bipartisan in america like even a, bi <laughs> a bipartisan concern about big corporations feeling like some of these these corporations are just like way too powerful and it's like we're we're, we're at a place now where like like i was just yeah i was just listening to or i just saw, saw some guy on twitter who's like running for republican senate or like he's running as a republican for the senate yeah. seat in arizona or something he was like these corporations think they're bigger than america and i was like yeah dude because <laughs> first of all they are like facebook has like two billion users it's like bigger than christianity and uh <laughs> and also like yeah because the you guys are always deregulating them like yeah. of course this is like what happens they become <laughs> more powerful happens. yeah I, uh, I, I am, I try to ass assage 
I try to calm my fear, my massage, uh, massage, massage the medium, massage my fears with, um, with, uh, Ben's Ben Stoller. Is that his name? Uh, yeah, you love name. Ben Stoller. Yeah. You're ben Stoller's, uh, um, newsletter big where he talks about how it's not Ben Stoller, but, uh, who is it? Um, big Stoller, uh, Matt Stoller. Matt Stoller. Uh, okay. Matt Stoller talks about how basically like the regulatory bodies in the U.S. have been that like the laws are in place. If you you know the FTC wanted to wake up and be like you must stop uh, doing this, they could do that. It's like completely within their power. But like they, these agencies have just been asleep at the wheel for like thirty plus years, um, and there's there even in this country have has been a history of like much better, more comprehensive, uh, anti-monopoly regulation and things like that. Um, and there's, there's, there's some suggestion that we might return to that. And if, pe- if more and more people are like becoming aware yeah. of this idea and supportive, but I mean, then but this is a lot the of- thing, right? Like I, this is very top of mind cause I'm finishing up this, uh, this video called John Stewart doesn't understand capitalism. Um, and he, he's always like, this is just like a fundamental misunderstanding is like, this is what happens with capitalism, like power and wealth just like reinforce each other over and over again. Like Adam Smith called this out in like wealth of nations. He was like, yeah, no, people are just going to get more power with more money and then they will write laws to get themselves more money. And like, uh, they just, there were some people in Congress who were like, Hey, maybe we shouldn't sell stocks if we're in Congress anymore because, you know, these people are all doing super well trading stocks with all this insider information. And Nancy Pelosi was like, ha, no, my husband is just a brilliant investor. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, I don't know, like this, this is just what happens. Maybe, I mean, maybe there can be enough of a popular uprising like you're talking about that. I mean, it's uh, definitely, it's definitely open. It's definitely an open debate at this point. If like, can can it be reformed? Can we still go like, oh, you know, we can use antitrust laws to like, you know, but and there are different people disagree. There's there's a, a it certainly could help. I don't I can't see why I, I'm I can't see why it would be bad. It would be bad. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but it's it's not. There's a lot of people who would also feel like, well, that doesn't that doesn't solve the whole problem. And, and we're still stuck with the other show I was thinking of as a uh, class consciousness was uh, the White Lotus uh, also part of this. This trend of anti yeah. anti capitalism. I think. I think, uh, I think maybe succession would count, although it's it's a much. More I definitely light. count succession. <laughs> <laughs> it is for me, but you know, succession's kind of like Fight Club, and that I feel like it could go either way. Like, there's some people who could watch that. If people, if I don't if, know, like, they're so cringy. Like, who who is watching Kendall Roy and is like. That's who I want to be. Right, yeah. Like, well, I mean, but that's how you feel. He's that's so how... uncool. He literally shit the bed. Like, <laughs> he shit himself in the bed. Yeah, that's just what happens sometimes, you know. It's. it's... I guess, I mean, people like to date. When you're running a Logan company, Roy you don't more. have a lot of time. You know, you're a busy guy. You got to take the cocaine and the other drugs to like keep you going and then sometimes you get a little whoopsie it's just a part of the (laughs) it's a part of the grind set it's a part of the grind set that you need as a ceo you know i mean people seem to be much more into logan but yeah yeah. uh like like they don't seem to maybe uh, get that he's like the villain but also like 
it's hard to be super sympathetic to a guy who just hates his own children and family and literally everything. He hates everything, but I guess maybe, maybe some people are so brainwashed that that's, that sounds good to them. I don't know. I think, I think if anything, some people get caught up in like, this is what happens. I would argue with like real, real life, uh, some people get so caught up in like the, the the competition of it that they're like, you see this happen all the time where it's like, oh, we have five bad guys like fighting for something. You got to pick one of them to root for. It's like, yeah, you know, and so it's like we, we go like, oh, this is OK. This is fine. You know, we'll, uh, you know whatever, because you got to pick a team. And it's like, well, but if all the teams are bad, <laughs> like picking a team maybe is not a the good a good option or a good thing. Yeah, that's why sports are so big. Like you see all the same like (laughs) conversation in America. Like like Logan says, you gotta be a killer. And like everyone's like, LeBron, you gotta be a killer. Like whatever else. It's a it's all the same it's all the same uh same stuff. Sports are bad, watching TV is bad, capitalism's bad. Um we should all go sit in the woods and uh I would say be more mindful, but that's a tool that capitalism is using against us to keep us enslaved. So you sound like a uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson at this point. <laughs> You'd be a transcendentalist. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean I don't think I've run into this whenever I finish like one of my videos recently, like over the last like couple of years. It's like no, I don't think everything's bad. I just I just want to think about it when we're watching the thing or like, cause yeah, yeah. I feel like so much of it is, just, especially with TV is so, uh, is not an active viewing experience. Like, like movies, I feel like are a little more active. Oftentimes you're like, go into the theater, you make like a conscious decision that you're like, I'm going to buy a ticket, one ticket for Dune, please. Right. And then you're, uh, you sit in the thing and you, you gotta shut up and you don't look at your phone and you watch the movie and TV is like, what should we watch? I don't know. Let's just put on whatever's on the Netflix machine. And then we're on our phone and we're eating. We're walking in and out of the room. It's just kind of like there and just like for years, like, like people will watch like Shit's Creek over and over and over again. Or like, I mean, I watch 30 Rock all the time and or, I don't know. I just think it's important to think about these things that we're just in the same way yeah, that, yeah. you know, maybe we should think about like the things that we are eating and putting right. into our bodies and how they might make us feel. I, th- yeah. I think it, I think we should maybe think about that for, for TV, too. That's, I, you know, that's just me. I think I, I'm fully on board. I, I, I think about it this way sometimes, like not everything is bad, but everything is imperfect and therefore open to critique. Like there's an opportunity to critique everything and. Uh, that doesn't mean you should always be in that mindset a hundred percent of the time about everything, but like there's no, you we, should be, you should always be, <laughs> you should only think negative. What is bad? Be like me. Don't enjoy anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go to a like, Billie Eilish concert and think about why she has this montage. I went to a Billie Eilish concert and she, she had this montage of climate change stuff in the middle of it which I guess was what the song was about, but it just right. seemed like an aesthetic and I didn't enjoy it at all. Yeah, Cause all yeah. I could think about was like, what's going on here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, my goal is to make everyone like me not enjoy anything. That's right. yeah. I'm kidding. Uh, so people should watch severance. Um, it's, oh yeah. That's what we were talking about. <laughs> it's a great show. Um, I can't wait for season two. Uh, incredible. Like, 
very tense finale and uh last two episodes both just yeah really intense the the show the show kind of lulls you into like a sense of security because like it's actually like it's very interesting it's very well done like it has these reveals coming at you but it's not like it's not like at least i i found it to be kind of almost relaxed in its pacing like it didn't feel like it was trying to do all this stuff it's a lot of people sitting in offices you know like a lot of talking walking through uh, a museum there are no tits or dragons let's put it that way it's so and then you get to the last two episodes and it's like we're really gonna ramp things up uh we're gonna have a fine a finale that's just like uh, you know white knuckle the whole time like and uh so yeah i'm very i'm very much looking forward to season two and And the writer said that he's got ideas for i think 80 more seasons yeah Uh, i I think he might be exaggerating but i feel like uh, that's a bad idea but if it gets to season 80 i would love to see what that looks like (laughs) it'd be wild if severance was the longest running scripted tv show of all time show of all time yeah finally Uh, passes uh it's always sunny in philadelphia like (laughs) (laughs) yeah what'll what'll be the shows that that we look back on in like on our deathbeds and we're like man i really did not expect that to be the show that just kept going forever <laughs> i feel that way about it's always sunny all the time yeah, i'm like how like... is this show this show feels so niche but everyone seems to love it so anyways <laughs> what, are, what are you working on nowadays thomas what's your next video gonna be Oh, uh, the I'm finishing up one right now about how Martin Scorsese told me I was wrong. Um, uh, the gall. Me, not me personally. He called me up. He said, uh, I seen your video. It's, it's What terrible. would you do if he did that? Um, I would, would you I quit? Know. Would you just be like, I'm done? Uh, I can't. I think I'd feel it's vague. all downhill from here. <laughs> I think I feel vaguely honored. What are your, what are you you working on these days? I am uh, finishing up this video on the problem with John Stewart, uh, which is his Apple TV Plus show. We're we're all Apple TV Plus here this month, yeah. I guess. And then uh, that'll be coming out next week, this week. And then uh, I'm gonna do an episode about Barry which is coming back for its third season um, at the end of the month, which I am excited about. April's going to be nuts for TV next month. We're on a hell of a TV run right now. Like, uh, I've had shows back-to-back. Like, uh, I think it started before Euphoria. I don't remember if Euphoria overlapped with Succession, but it was, like, Succession. No, it was right back-to-back, yeah. Yeah, Succession, Euphoria, um, and then Severance started up. Atlanta started up. Uh, We got Better Call Saul coming up. We got Barry coming up. Um, I th- I'm pretty sure I'm even missing at least one in there. So there's it's... there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, uh, HBO's got another show going on right now called Winning Time, which is about the Lakers, and it's really good. And I gotta say, all of those shows that are coming out weekly, it's superior. Like it's so much better having having every week at least one or two shows to look forward to makes life better. Like. It just it's does. better for viewers. It's better for the shows because people get to talk about them. I don't know. I'm yeah. glad that we. I'm glad that we experimented with binging and we decided, hey, you know what? Maybe this isn't great for our mental health. Yeah. Or enjoyment. And now Netflix let's can go have back. that one. We'll let. Oh, Russian we'll Dolls ne- coming back for. Oh, Russian Dolls two. coming back. I'm really down on Netflix these these days. I know we talked about this last time, but like, we've officially switched off of the Netflix shilling. Yeah. We're, and we, they're going. They're raising their prices again. It's going to be twenty bucks a month now. What? Yeah. My dad's not going to be happy about that. Yeah. 
No more net. No more Netflix shilling from us. Uh, We're HBO Max only. Yeah. <laughs> Except they're. I don't know. Apple TV Plus. I don't know. Uh, yeah. This this was the first show. I mean, there have been some other uh, good good shows from Apple TV. We've talked about Servant. Um, I know you like uh, the the, the space for all mankind. One. The space uh, one, yeah. Some people really like Ted Lasso. I haven't watched that, so I don't know. Probably. Ted Lasso is definitely a TV show. Uh, but this was the first show for me where I was like, this is... Oh, this is definitely this their is best. Like Severance the is Apple easily TV their best show. show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's, I don't think it's close. Yeah. It's, people it's, always get mad when you say it's not close. They're like, I can agree <laughs> with you that it's better, but come on. It's, it's close. Like, it's a competition. It's yeah. like, I don't know why you're so upset about the degrees in which you think this is the best thing all right, all right. um <laughs> on that note now that we've rambled on yeah. in this outro for a while uh check us out on twitter or on youtube um you're thomas flight i'm jackson uh skip intro uh skip intro yt on twitter the yt is for youtube um I thought it was pretty clever. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you again soon about probably some of those those shows. Maybe we'll talk about Better Call Saul. We do love, we do both love Better Call Saul a lot. So yes, yeah, I'm sure there. I'm sure there will be something. Basically, our mo at this point is like we watch stuff and then every now and then we both freak out and we go, we need to record an emergency podcast <laughs> to talk about. We severance. need to find a way to monetize us being excited about the show really really <laughs> not I even mean... really monetized <laughs> monetizes uh we need an excuse to talk about it that's what it is basically basically jackson and i were gonna talk about severance for two hours at some point anyway <laughs> we just decided to let you might as well record it and make some content out of it yeah <laughs> yeah so uh we'll we'll see you we'll see you we'll see you all the next time we we do that <laughs> emergency pod they're all emergency pods <laughs>